Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is JR with Good Company, and uh, we got a special treat for you today, man. Um, I I enjoyed the episode. I'm actually recording this intro without Steve because we had a very, very busy weekend, but um, I'm excited about this one, man. Steve talks a lot about um, having an attitude of gratitude. This is something that um, Steve had heard growing up. I heard some rendition of it growing up, but it was really beat into us um, when we were playing football at the University of Oregon. Uh, it was one of Chip Kelly's main points um, in in just keeping an attitude of gratitude. That was one of his biggest, biggest themes uh, while we were there. And uh, we've seen it just manifest itself in our lives in different ways, man. And And so Steve talks a little bit about that and and then I break down a children's book um, and we talk about the psychological significance of this uh, of this children's book and how and how there's just so much to learn. Um, it's about confronting your dragons and we'll get into it in more depth. And I actually uh, I I cite some sources in the show notes that are going to be really important if you're interested, if I pique your curiosity at all, I highly highly recommend you check out these show notes because uh another game changer man and so please give it a listen give us them five stars hit subscribe and uh yeah enjoy the good company we appreciate you listening and as always we love you enjoy the show So today, I want to talk about something very near and dear to my heart, as well as very influential in most people's lives, everybody's lives, really. And that is the topic of gratitude. And I want to present this with the goal and purpose of pointing out that gratitude is the foundation of faith or good energy, however you want to spin it, or both, which I like to view it as both. And I'm going to start off with a quote from Cicero. Quote and, Mr. Uh, Flex. Cicero says, Gratitude is not only the greatest of virtues, but the parent of all others. Mm. Well done, yeah. Cicero. Right? He's all right. He's all right. So, after, so, okay. The reason why I started with that quote is because so much of our focus dictates direction, our attitude, things like that. I grew up with my mom saying, Stephen, I, I don't know how many times I heard her say, Stephen, it's all about attitude and gratitude. And mm -hmm. I hear that over and over and over, right? Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, that's great, mom. That's great. Then I get to Oregon mm -hmm. and I got Chip Kelly up front. Good, good old <laughs> it's chipper. It's all about an attitude of gratitude, right? I was like, my gosh, maybe there's something to this. Mm -hmm. We all know that we feel better when we focus on gratitude. But I want to do a little uh, exercise with everybody that I learned from Tony Robbins. Oh, shit. And so I want, uh, if you're driving, don't do this. But if you're <laughs> in an environment where you can, I want you to do something. For five, for the next five seconds, can I, I want you to. Are you, you doing do it? it too. I'm doing yeah, it, yeah, I'm doing do it, it with you. Okay. okay. For the next five seconds, I want you to look around the room and find everything brown. Ready? Go. 
three, two, one, stop. Okay. Now close your eyes and think about everything in the room that's red. <laughs> you can't do it, right? Literally, your focus on that brown blocked out everything else. So you could have, if we're going to say brown is all the shit, right? And red or whatever color you want to choose for good is all the other things. You can completely miss it by not focusing on it. And gratitude is what focuses your attention on those good things. You're a wizard, Stephen J. Hakes. <laughs> well, I stole that from T. Rob. So uh, <laughs> shout out to shout out to Mr. Robbins. Uh, man, no, it's so true. Um, and it's funny how it happens. And you, it's important to catch yourself. That's such a great exercise, and I've I've seen it used before. Um, but it really just that attitude of gratitude really just dictates where your energy and your focus lies. And I, that's a great, great exercise, man, because yeah, it's so true, right? Like if you're not, if you're, if you're choosing to focus on the bad things, then, um, you will only see the bad things and the perpetual, yeah, they're you'll, there. you'll find they're always there and, and it'll feel like they come to find you too, you know? Mm -hmm. No, I love that. But really, you're just tuned into brown, right? You're just looking for shit. And I was trying to think about why that is, because as kids, it's pretty easy to be pretty grateful for most things and, you know, focus on a lot of the good. Yeah. And I think that's because the older we get, the more responsibility we get. And we tend to think that there's a lot of hard things in our life and we have to focus on that because that's the responsible thing to do. That's the mature thing to do is focus on your problems. And I don't know why we get off on that. Um, but that's definitely not the way to keep focused on gratitude. So I like to think about, uh, it's, it's also important because how we do anything is how we do everything, right? We've touched on that before. Mm -hmm. And the problem is if you are, beginning to focus on the bad things, then you will like, let's say one area of life, maybe in work, you're focusing on all the bad in work and why Felicia's not doing this and Letitia's not doing that and whatever <laughs> it is, right. That you're frustrated with, you're not getting put on in certain ways. Yeah. And if you focus on that at work, you're going to take that home and start focusing on that in your family, mm. your personal relations, mm. in your hobbies, your mm. everything, everything you do. It's it's that breadcrumbs that you're leaving that trail, but you don't realize it. Right. And go yeah. ahead. Yeah, no, it, I was just going to say and it, and it's 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 infectious as well. And so if you've ever worked at a company where people are focused on the negative thing, um, it consumes the culture of that company right. and then, and then every, yeah, dude. And then you're in a hostile environment and then it's not fun to work at places like that. And everybody's constantly looking to point the finger. Like we've all been in those kinds of situations because I think it's a maturity thing. So we all kind of experience it at least at like a adolescent age where, um, you know, you're trying, something goes down and everybody starts pointing the finger, you know? And I think you learn how to manage issues and how to, uh, look past the negativity as you grow older, at least you're supposed to, I think, I hope so. Mm -hmm. you're supposed, it <laughs> right? would be wise. It yeah. It would be wise. Yeah. But like I did, you know, I've been in work environments where like 
it's impossible to get things done because if shit hits the fan or something gets the ball gets dropped somewhere it's it's very in those kind of uh, environments it's not about fixing the problem it's about uh like placing blame and it's so unproductive and and just so like cancerous to your business to your company to whatever you're trying to do so even if like you're an entrepreneur or a business owner i mean the the owner of my company we're pushing 300 million dollars this year in 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 sales and and that's his main thing like attitude is everything gratitude and it's funny because you know we we heard chip say that all day every day at oregon Mm -hmm. and it's just you see successful people in the in your life and and there's like so much that they have in common And, and that's that's a huge one huge so that's big time and all these yeah, and, all, and you can it can sound fluffy or whatever to talk about gratitude, but there's some hardcore people, like you said, your boss, Chip, all these Stoics are all about gratitude, all about it and staying focused on it. Uh, I think you bring up a great point with the business environment and work environment because often we think that the environment has to change before we change it. And... I think that's similar to your life because maybe you think that, okay, well, things aren't going so good. So I'm going to start being grateful. I'm going to start being positive and you can decide to do it one day, but you don't feel any different. And it can be very frustrating because you hear all these people talk about, oh, if I just focus on the good, I'll feel good. And it might take a couple days before you even notice any change. I think what the problem is, if, if we look at it like a bank account, Let's say you have a balance of good energy or faith or positivity. And the more that you focus on the good or you do good or you say good things or are grateful, you're you're adding to your positive balance. But if you're focusing on the negative or saying detrimental things or doing things to rob yourself of energy, you're pulling away from it. And sometimes we might be pretty deep in the red, in the negative and not even realize it. Mm. And like anybody knows in any kind of money situation, if you've overdrawn your bank account, mm. let's say you're 200 in the hole. Mm-hmm. If you put 150 in, that's awesome, but you're still in the negative. You're still 50 negative. So sometimes you have to keep pushing past for quite a while before you cross over into the green and truly notice it. But mm-hmm. either way, just realize that no matter what, you're impacting some kind of balance in your bank account if you are being positive. These things do work or people wouldn't talk about them incessantly. Yeah, it's so true, man. What what are some things you do to make sure you're staying grateful, man? I think I think that is one of them is just deciding that no matter where I'm at, I if I do good things, which I will talk about in a second, that it's going to work out for me eventually. So realizing that my influence or my decision to do things that make me grateful will impact my attitude, whether I see it immediately or not. That's, that's been a pretty key uh, outlook for me. But besides that, I think dictating my focus, deciding to literally focus on good things. So if 
I have all this stress and pressure and whatever. And I just feel miserable and like I, the weight of the world's on my shoulder and poor me. Oh, well. And then I'm like, dude, what are all the good things that I have? What What's going right? What's exciting about this opportunity that, and I try to spin it and see the, uh, let's call the positive green instead of red. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I try to look for all the green, even if it's in, intermingled in the brown. Mm. I think that's, and that's, those things are, are a little more abstract and, you know, kind of hard to specifically say how to dictate that Yeah, uh, for someone else to do it. But those are very influential in my life. So some of the more specific ways are things like a gratitude journal. I... I don't necessarily do it like I tried the thing where you've heard some people say write down three things a day that you like. I've tried that and that worked for a while and I, I got a lot from it. And then I moved on to something else and it was like my victories journal where I would write down things, especially in business, like, you know, having my first sale or getting my first account or mm. and I, I would continue on those things. And then it would always help me when I looked back to realize where I came from mm -hmm. and the momentum I was building and it really adds a lot of positive energy and it's really easy to stay grateful when you look back at those things and can have them lined up really specifically. So yeah, that's, you, you that's know, one thing I, yeah. You, you know who like, um, our last interview with Josh ship was someone who like went above and beyond. I, I think we called it reframing. Yeah, it was, it was very inspirational because it's easy to like, most athletes have all of their identity in their ability to play sports. And so if any of that's taken away, it can crush them. And like you said, he does a really good job of spinning that. So definitely check that episode out. For sure. Um, that segues into a beautiful quote from Abraham Lincoln that I want quote to Quote Master as well. Flex. <laughs> he says, we can either be mad that rose bushes have thorns or rejoice because thorn bushes have roses. Oh, so, so that's so absolutely true. reframing, right? Just what part you want to focus on. And that's really what it is, reframing, right? Exactly. Um, so important, man. Game, cha game changer for sure. I think I think that's a I think that's a beautiful way to segue into my my part of it, dude. Unless you, you got anything else to say about it. I got a couple things more, man. God damn, brother. Well, give me these. <laughs> don't keep me waiting for them. God damn it. <laughs> Talk so, to me. The last couple things I want, I want people to think, uh, one of them is just like a way to think about things and realize that at the beginning of every day, picture yourself on the top of a mountain and you've made a little snowball and you can send it down one side or the other. One side is the positivity, good energy side. Mm. The sun's shining. It's beautiful over there. The other side is the back of the mountain. It's windy. It's cold. It's nasty. Mm. And you can tip your snowball one way or the other. It's your choice because we all know that when you wake up grateful, good things just start flowing into your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you wake up with a bad attitude, everything wrong happens. You stub your toe, your tire goes flat, you're late for this. This happens. Like, so Think about that the first time when you wake up in the morning and say, which way am I pushing that snowball down the mountain? And if you have the good attitude and push it down, you'll be shocked at how much you dictate what happens in your life based on your focus, starting from, from the moment you wake up. So that's one thing. And the last 
is, as I said, the foundation of faith or good energy. Uh, I think one of the ways to really attract good things or prove faith right, because if you look at the Bible and it talks about if you have faith, um, then things, you know, you'll be given these things or you can have, you know, power in me to do things like Christ says. And if you're finding ways to be grateful for things that you don't already have. So be grateful for things you do have. Of course, it's very important to do that. Mm. But also like try to visualize and feel grateful for things that you could have like good things in your life. And I think that's part of the meditation, right? Like you, you know, there's good things and you're blessed, but then you picture how great things could be. And you try to feel those emotions Mm. as if you were going to achieve that. Mm-hmm. And I think that is next level gratitude. That That's next. They ain't ready for that right now, man. That's next level stuff that we could do a whole podcast. Hey, they're ready. On they're ready. <laughs> they ain't ready. It. They ain't ready for it. Dog. They're ready. You're talking. Yeah. Okay. So let me, you got to practice. Though. Yeah, that's man. The Cause there's a difference between counting your blessings. Right. And there, there's that, there's that gratitude of like, Hey, like realize where you're at and it's not that bad and and you need to be grateful. It's actually very good. I just had this conversation with my mother-in-law and she was just like, uh, you know, we were talking about certain things and she's like, I just don't want them to suffer. And I was like, Whoa, nobody's suffering. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's again, it's reframing and it's perspective and you got to count your blessings in the present moment. But what you're talking about, my friend is next level about, being grateful for the things that you know are coming in your life. Um, yeah. Right. I think that's beautiful part of hope. Yeah, man. And just knowing Swirling hope and faith. Well, yeah. And I mean, dude, this is why we could do a whole podcast on that. Cause if you don't have faith, um, then that's, that's going to be hard to imagine, but you ain't shit. <laughs> that's you, what he says, right? <laughs> I, the quote is, if you ain't got faith, you ain't shit. I think that's how it goes. I think that's, I think how that's it goes. what it is. <laughs> but yeah, man, being somewhere in Ephesians or something <laughs> somewhere, I think maybe, maybe Romans, maybe, maybe um, Romans. Yeah. what's it called? If you ain't you don't have faith, you ain't shit. You ain't shit. Yeah. Paul's, Paul was riding some fire back then. Um, <laughs> We can talk about that more later then if you so because I, I I just wanted to briefly no I think it's in. important I think it's important maybe we'll we'll link some stuff in the uh, show notes where they could they could dive into that but that's it that's some next level stuff of like um, again counting your blessings and being like grateful in the present moment but then but then realizing that the future is full of potential and that you will make something of that potential eventually. And being grateful for that, dude, it's a next level thing. So if it doesn't make complete sense to you, it, it does no worries. It didn't to us, you know, either. (laughs) So, but like go down that road, dude. I think that's super important for people to explore, man. That's some next level. Stephen J. Hakes. That's some next level shit. Just picture, picture how you'd feel if you had those things. You know, I think that's the greatest way to start on those. You know, if you imagine, um, easier things are material things to start with. Like if you, if you had a car that you really, your dream car or something and you felt like you were in it and really grateful for how, you know, start with those things and then the more abstract will come easier. But you know, one thing that I do, so in the morning, I just finished my deck. I got a beautiful deck outside backyard. Nice and long. Nice and long deck out there, dude. (laughs) It's a great deck. Um, 
And what I do, what I'd like to do, even, you know, before, before I built the deck, I would go out on the front porch or whatever, but, um, have a cup of coffee in the morning, obviously, you know, um, pray or meditate, but, uh, prayers of gratefulness, right? Thanks, uh, for everything that I have, for everything that I've been given, um, for everything that I, I get to enjoy. Um, but then, I would start thinking about, again, future and potential. And so like an example would be, you know, that day maybe I had a big meeting with a client and uh, I was hoping to close a deal. I would say thank you for closing that deal already. Like it was it was done. Right. And mm-hmm. so because it, then it puts you in that's a mar- faith, dude, that's faith. But that's then, faith, and that's it's hard to do. It's next level shit, though, because then you I walk into a meeting like it's done already. And they feel it. And like, obviously, that's not all it takes. There's preparation and there's, you know, a lot of um, things that you have to do to get the to get a deal done and to make it right. But that energy, dude, that it, that that you're just you're just ready to to give out like people gravitate to that. And like we talked about last episode uh, or last discussion where, um, you know, uh, in business that energy is palpable and, mm-hmm. and, and people re- like it resonates with people. It, it, like I said, it's next level stuff, man. We got to cue that up. We got to put it on the board. <laughs> we got to put it on the board, we bro. We will. Okay. I've got a couple more things mm-hmm. just briefly, but first I, I just want to point this out. I wonder if any of the listeners were also thinking that JR was going to talk about how he visualized his deck being completed. Instead, <laughs> he just wanted to throw in that he had a new deck. I think that's all he wanted to say. I really, I really did want to just throw in that I have a beautiful long deck. He worked hard on it and it looks wonderful. Yeah. So hey, go if to, you want to see it, go to my IG. Uh, it's, go a to great, IG. it's a great deck. Um, okay. So a couple more things. One, and we are definitely going to have an episode on this sometime. On my deck? One of the, no. Okay. One of the, we will not be on your deck for an episode. Okay. No, we will have to, we'll record one on there, but it will not be on the topic of your deck. Anyways, this will be though. One of the best ways I've found to stay more positive and focus on more good than just about anything else is not doing something. And that is not gossiping. Mm. That was a game changer mm. for me. When I stopped gossiping, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. game changer on the gratitude side. Mm-hmm. We will not get any deeper into that because people know what it feels like to gossip and they can kind of you know, stew that around a little bit themselves. But we will revisit that. Mm. We will absolutely revisit that. Ladies, ladies, I don't want to single y'all out, but... <laughs> Listen, yeah, I've been at dinners where it has literally been a gossiping fest and there ain't no there's no room for that in your life, man. If you're trying to if you're trying to do bigger things like there's really not that that type of shit just drains you of that that capital E energy that we're talking about. Like, nah, fuck that does get that out. Guys, guys are very guilty as well. They are. Because we definitely, I mean, we'll find ways to talk shit about just about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, stigmas are real, right? Gossip queen, that kind of stuff. We all do it, though, and we can all benefit from not doing it. So keep that in mind. We will revisit that sometime because when I decided to stop gossiping, and now that I'm perfect, I, I'll find myself doing it, but I really, 
I mean, am 99% better than I was. Mm -hmm. And it was incredible what it did for my life. Mm -hmm. So I highly recommend. Um, As I wrap up, I want to finish with a quote. Quote Master Flex. William Arthur Ward. Not really sure who he is, some kind of writer of some sorts. Who the fuck is that guy? So it's irrelevant, right? (laughs) (laughs) Who this guy is. Uh, But here's his quote. He said, God gave you a gift of 86,400 seconds today. Have you used one to say thank you? Who? Who? Where your head at? I'm just going to float out. Just float out. Quote Master Flex, gone. That's great. No, man, it's a game changer. Gratitude, uh, being thankful. Dude, I just I can't stress it enough. And it's something that you got to come to on your own. Like you could hear us talk about this. And if you ain't about it, you're you're not ready for it. If you think it's all fluff, <laughs> you know, if you if you think this is all fluff, you think this is all rah rah shit. Bitch. Like, then you're a bitch. No, um, no, it's it's serious because this is uh, like everything, though, is something you have to come to on your own. So. But look, yeah. if you're if any of your friends or any of your family has told you that you're an extremely negative person, cue right like mm-hmm. take a hint and uh because it's it's uh nobody wants to be around that at the end of the day and and like why why because like i said what's the alternative you're gonna be happy you're gonna be grateful <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like yeah. it's crazy okay. man i don't want to do that yeah right dude fuck anyways anyways great 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 topic Stephen j Hagues. oh thank you i love that Okay. Um, I think it ties in beautifully uh, to what I want to talk about today. And what I want to talk about is a children's book. Mm. It's called There's No Such Thing as a Dragon by Jack Kent. It's a book that I got from my daughter after I heard uh, the homeboy Jordan Peterson, Dr. Peterson. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He gives a whole class on this and we're going to link this. Uh, in the show notes, because uh, he literally, I mean, Jordan Peterson's a professor. I think he was teaching at Harvard at this point or Toronto, one of those. Um, but um, I listened to his lecture on this book specifically, and it's like an hour long. So if it interests you, the link's going to be in the show notes. I highly recommend it. Um, but he does a lot of work with um, stories. So he takes a lot of either mythological stories or like like archetypical stories um and kind of breaks down the psych the psychological significance of them and he's a huge advocate for uh learning about life through ancient mythology uh biblical stories anything that can give us insight into you know these thousands and thousands of years of human interaction that you know we've been around forever we've been telling stories since day one so this story called there's no such thing as a dragon is about a little boy who wakes up one morning and sees a dragon at the end of his bed and it's the size of a kitten right and so he goes downstairs to tell his mom uh mom there's a dragon in my room and the mom very angrily very uh uh, uh, sternly says there's no such thing as a dragon and so the guy the kid's name is Billy right so Billy goes upstairs and he's like okay well there's no such thing as a dragon well he notices that the dragon got a little bit bigger okay 
and the dragon's following him around, right? Just wants to play, I guess. And there's a part in the book where he says uh, he's not going to pet the dragon anymore because if there's no such thing as a dragon, it would be silly to pet one. Mm. So then he goes downstairs and they start, they, they start eating breakfast. Well, the dragon ends up eating all of his pancakes, all of his breakfast, and the mom keeps trying to make more, right? <laughs> and so, you know, it's, it's filled with uh, illustrations and, and pictures. And, and so the dragon's eating all the breakfast billy's hiding underneath the table now and he's like trying to just get one in right and so um again he goes to his mom some part of the story he says mom you know this the dragon's getting huge and she's like there's no such thing as a dragon right so the dragon just keeps growing and growing and growing and eventually it grows up to the size of the house and then sees uh, a delivery guy full of uh, baked goods drive by <laughs> and he runs off. Okay. He runs off with the house on his back, like a turtle shell. <laughs> right. After little, little Debbie snack cakes, after little Debbie snack cakes. And again, go to the link. If, uh, if, if, if this is any interesting to you, cause it's a way better, way more in depth uh, description, but let me finish the story. So anyways, the dad comes home. The house isn't in the lot that it is. The male, you know, the mailman or one of the neighbors says, I know what happened to the house. I know where it went, right? Mind you, the whole time the mom's still denying there's a dragon. Okay. She's in the house? She's in the house. She's in the house. <laughs> and so like it's it's so funny because there's all these different scenes where like she's like, you know, trying to vacuum the carpet and everything and having to go like out a window and then around the backs because the dragon just takes up the whole house, right? So the dad comes home, finds the house, and the dad's like, what's going on? And Billy's like, it's, it was the dragon, right? And the mom goes to say, again, there's no such thing as a dragon. And then Billy interrupts her, and, and he's like, no, there is a dragon, and it took our house. Like, stop saying that, woman, you know what I mean, kind of thing. And what ends up happening is the dragon ends up shrinking back down, right? And so the story ends with the mom finally accepting that there is a dragon in the house, and then so the dragon gets back down to the size where it's a little kitten, right? And then let me just read to you how it ends, right? So these are the last pages. So um, soon it was a kitten size again, and it ends like this. I don't mind dragons this size, said Mother. Why did it have to grow so big? I'm not sure, said Billy, but I think I j it just wanted to be noticed. Okay, so... <sighs> What Peterson does is he breaks down stories like this and he takes them back to like their archetypical meanings, right? So a dragon, it, it is a fire-breathing reptile that usually hoards treasure. And the psychological significance of this is if you keep ignoring your dragons they're going to get to a size where they will consume you and they'll consume your life and they'll put your house on its back and it'll displace you. And it just blew my mind, man, because this is a children's book, you know, well, what are you, what are your dragons? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's what you have to ask yourself. And, and it was this, cause we've all seen it, right? Like we've all seen people who blatantly or willfully are blind to, the biggest problems in their life and like in his lecture he even alludes to like you know everybody's been in a house where a dragon is being swept under the rug 
right? There's something wrong in the family dynamic. Something's We're happening. Being carried off like a turtle shell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some, too. Something's happening, right? And you can feel it. That energy is palpable. Like the people in that home are not addressing the dragon. And, um, and it's consuming that house little by little. And so this is one of his biggest points in his book is like, confront your dragons, confront the things that are, that are, are festering, that are growing in your life and, and, and ruining your home, taking up space. Right. And like, it, it goes from, and it's exact, it's exactly how it happens. Right. So like, you know, it starts off small and then you say like, Instead of saying like, oh, I have a problem. I got a dragon in my room. You say there is no problem. Let me just brush that over the under the carpet. And then eventually it becomes a bigger problem and a bigger problem. It's and this is so true in business as well. Mm. And you know what? I'm. It, there's problems that manifest that if you choose to ignore will consume your business. And dude, I just it, I love reading the book. And it's something that like reading it to my daughter is going to be such a great opportunity for us to have these conversations. Um, but it's, it, it, it basically, I mean, to sum it up, it's like the thing that you, that the thing that you're avoiding most is probably the thing that needs your most urgent attention. And so like apply that to your life, man, apply that to your business, apply that to anything going on around you. Um, and you'll be surprised and amazed what a difference it can make once you confront your dragon. Because like mother said at the end, she doesn't mind dragons that are small, right? Because you could pet them. You could sit them on your lap. Mm -hmm. Everybody has dragons. And, and it doesn't mean that they're going to go away completely, but you can definitely mitigate their influence on your life. And so, yeah, I just wanted to, I, I, I was, yeah, I love that kind of stuff. Uh, again, I'm going to link his lecture in the notes. Um, but I, I thought it'd be a really good topic to talk about. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. Because like you said, it's pertinent for everybody because we all have dragons. Um, as you were saying that it made me think of the quotes that we'd brought up earlier um, about like the thing that you fear the most is the thing you must, you know, most need to do mm -hmm. or Mark Twain's about, you know, if you do the thing you fear, the death of fear is certain hmm. those kinds of things, because those, as I think of problems, usually we're the most afraid of those, those problems. So you can correlate it with like problem fear. They're kind of both the same thing in your dragon. Um, but I think you brought up a really good point when you mentioned this topic to me before today. And you talked about, you brought it back in with the treasure. Mm. And I think that's important. I, I think you should touch on that real quick. Yeah, yeah. So the archetypical meaning, again, going back to what a dragon has always symbolized in like mythological stories or folklore is the thing that's getting between you and what you want most, right? So usually there's a dragon and it's guarding like the virgin in the tower and you're the, you're the warrior and you're, you're trying to slay the dragon or the dragon is guarding the biggest treasure and, you, and that's the obstacle in front of you. And so in life, it's so true. That's, that's how it happens. You, you have to confront your biggest obstacles before you get your treasure. And it doesn't happen any other way. And it's just, 
again, these, these stories and the psychological significance of them, this is what's blowing my mind. Uh, when mm. I, when I, when I listen to Dr. Peterson, it's just like, it's so true, man. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's it. You know what I mean? Like, and like we said, what you're avoiding most is what you need to take care of now. Yeah. And, and so like, yeah, like just think about that. I mean, there's, if you, if you want anything worth of value, there's things that you need to confront about yourself um, and things that are out in the world that you need to confront. You need to slay your dragons before you get your treasure. Mm-hmm. And so I think like that's just that's the point that is is just mind blowing to me and that it's all packed in in this children's story. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that and, we can as adults, it can go right over our heads and we will have no idea. Seriously, man. Seriously. And that's why, like, you know, I love I love dissecting stories like that. And I, I it just really resonates with me. And and because uh, there's there's so much truth, so much wisdom in it. Um, and there's just like so much growth to be had by just analyzing things like that, man. Let me ask you this, man, um, because it can be really intimidating. You know, let's say if someone's Sir Lancelot and they know they're going to, they're a knight and they're going to go off and conquer the dragon and whatever Mm -hmm. that's in their minds. That's easy. But a lot of people probably don't see themselves as knights, even though we all are. Let me give you a good example. Thank you. I have a buddy. (laughs) I have a buddy who's, uh, you know, he, he was calling me talking about, uh, this girl and he, you know, he's, he gets, he overthinks uh, a lot. And, um, I kept telling him like, this is your dragon, right? To sl- and he, you know, had this crush on this girl, wasn't moving on it. Uh, you know, it was, it was just in this weird limbo stage. Right. Anyways, long story short ends up, you know, taking his shot, you know, um, not, it didn't go the way he wanted. Right. But this is the point is that he took his shot. Right. And so it, this can apply on all kinds of levels. Him slaying the dragon was him putting himself outside of his comfort zone and taking his shot. Like you, you got to go to battle. Like you have mm-hmm. to do something. It's a call to action, basically. Like the call to action is take care of your dragon, take care of whatever's festering or whatever you need to do to overcome that obstacle. And so for him, it was just, overcoming fear like anxiety of like rejection or anxiety of like um like an adverse outcome like it was just that's what was holding him back and i was like dude you got to take your shot you got to take your shot you gotta you know you gotta ask this girl out and it's not really the the result whether the girl went out with him or not that's not really the point the point is that he was his biggest obstacle. Like, you know what I mean? Like he was more worried about possible outcomes than actually putting in the work, doing the action, taking his shot. Like imagine if you go through life like that, worrying about everything that could possibly go wrong or right. It, it, it like takes your power away. Because mm-hmm. you you get stuck in this limbo, it it uh it disables you. Instead of instead of you actually taking action, slaying the dragon, 
and then seeing what the treasure is, you know, like, I don't know, maybe that's not the best example, but no, no, I think it is because like you're saying, it doesn't, I think we're so focused on outcomes and that's completely breezing over the point. It can seem kind of ridiculous. You know, we hear a lot about these warriors back in the day and their obsession with honor. Like, let's think about the Spartans, right? Mm -hmm. They, they're literally with, they're like, we'll, we'll die with glory and with honor Mm -hmm. because it's not the outcome. It's not necessarily winning the battle. It's how they perform and carry themselves during their adversity Mm -hmm. while they're fighting their dragon. So maybe this person didn't get the girl, but they shot their shot. And what's great is it's not a life or death consequence. Mm -hmm. So they're going to live to do it again. Mm -hmm. And your homie's going to be able to shoot another shot, slay another dragon. And just the immense power and confidence you get from facing it. Yeah. And going after it. Because guess what? He did slay that dragon. He did. And that's the biggest point, right? Is that he did slay that dragon. Uh, and that that just empowers you to continue on. Because here's the thing. In your life, there's going to be hundreds of dragons. Right? And in, they will increase in size and in power. And the obstacle will be at bigger or more serious or have more dire consequences. But it's about those reps, too, I think. Mm -hmm. It's about creating those habits. And, like, how do you deal with conflict or how do you deal with obstacles? Do you confront them? Do you you slay dragons uh, or do you hide? Do you hide from your dragons? Because, again, I've I've said this before. You don't, you don't, it's not wrong to be afraid. It's not wrong to fear. It's just unacceptable to be a coward. You have to, you don't, you know what I mean? You have to be brave in these situations. And, and bravery is something that I think has been, it's not talked about enough, but bravery is so, so important, man, for life in general. Um, And because it takes bravery to, 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 to slay dragons, to put yourself out there and to really handle what's getting in the way of whatever you want. True. Yeah. And one of the most brave things is to acknowledge their existence, right? Like you talking about the mom <laughs> denying it because right. here's, here's a couple examples that probably everybody can relate to in some way. Either a, a, a relationship that has an issue that's going unresolved mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. wanting to ignore that fact and think it's going to resolve itself. Or two, it could be something to do with your finances, mm. whether that's bank account, credit card debt, something like that. And I know, I know I've done this before where you just don't want to look. You don't want to look, dude. Oh my, you, I just had this conversation with my sister. don't want to look at it. <laughs> yeah. And for some reason you think that's going to make it better. Yeah. Opposite's true. You got, you got interest charges coming this and that. But if yeah. you just focus on it, acknowledge it and accept it, mm-hmm. you can start to slaying it. Yeah. And that's the first dragon you got to really slay is each time if you acknowledge it, you'll keep it smaller. Like you said, that's, right? That's it. That's it because, like, that's exactly it, man. I mean, the bravest thing you could possibly do is admit that there's a dragon in the room. And what's funny is, like, realize that people don't want to admit it because then you have to deal with it. Then you don't have an excuse because if if then if you admit that there's a dragon in the room and then you do nothing about it, you're in a worse situation than you were <laughs> when you were just ignoring it because now you're so account. You know what I mean? It's like it's a mental fucking game, dude. Yeah. And, and once once you accept that and once you 
like are just brave enough to say we're going to handle this situation like in the relationship uh example if there's a dragon festering you better call it out and yeah you're going to have to deal with it once you call it out but you're going to be so much better for it well i think the mom and the child give a great illustration of how we are um as as kids you're not caring about social pressures and how other people view you and things. So he's willing to call it out immediately. Mm-hmm. He's not thinking, I have this problem. People are going to think such and such of me. The mom, I think, is because clearly she saw the dragon because she was feeding it pancakes all day. Mm-hmm. So clearly she saw the problem. Let's say it's credit card debt. But she continues to spend so that other people don't realize that she has that debt. So she's really just worsening the problem Mm -hmm. rather than saying, no, I can't go to breakfast this time, or, oh, I'm going to skip this, or I'm not going to go shopping with you, whatever it is. Mm. The kids, he doesn't worry about the social stigmas. He's willing to accept the dragon immediately for what it is. And if we all will have that childlike mentality Mm. of not caring what other people think, Mm. we're going to keep dragons a lot smaller. Mm-hmm. Amen, bro. Amen. That's yeah. And like I said, there's so much packed into this story. So, <laughs> so much. much. Please, man. If this like if you just listen to the lecture, it's like an hour long, but so worth it. Um, it'll be in the show notes, man. But but yeah, slay them dragons. Always right. be slaying. Yeah. ABS, baby. Always be <laughs> slaying. <laughs> Dude, it's so important, man. And it's reps. Like I said, reps. Right. Once you once you start calling little things out and and conquering those and slaying those dragons, you'll be ready for the big ones. You'll be ready for for when adversity really hits or when you really need to call something out. That's Mm going to be a very difficult, very uncomfortable situation. You'll be ready for it, man. But you got to get those reps in, man. And sometimes you'll get burned, but it's okay. Expect it. Expect it. You know, but like like your your buddy, man. That girl, she's probably she's probably I, but that's not his dream girl. Nah, nah. Right, but if that he was, gets those that reps, reps. four, yep, then he's gonna be ready for Guinevere or whatever Lancelot. Guinevere. <laughs> oh shit! I'll let him know Guinevere's on the horizon. She's man. All, she's all right around the corner. <laughs> he might have to steal her from King Arthur though. Hey man, that's sometimes you got to do it, and that's dude. <laughs> bravery man bravery that's something that i'll continually talk about because it is so important um good company we did it again steve good company fire (laughs) fire dude oh my gosh oh that was great um yeah guys subscribe please uh check out the resources in the show notes um shout out to jordan thompson for putting us on uh yeah check out the resources subscribe with it tell them to subscribe steve dude please just subscribe just subscribe and, and you're gonna make steve so happy if you subscribe a five-star five review it's so easy so just five really just tap five stars come on four is really hard to do three is even hard. you can't the number one five stars so easy five it's just an easy little tap and five. it makes a big difference in helping other people find it so like Still a five star. The five star, man. Well, my little girl's knocking on the door, so we're out of here. But everybody, thank you for listening. Follow us on IG, Twitter, subscribe to make Stephen J. Hakes happy, please. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, good company. Good company. We out. <laughs>